It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Answer. Yes. Touchdown. We did it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Back at it again. Thanks for letting me take a little bit of time off yesterday. Uh, definitely under the weather. And as anyone who was listening on Monday or Tuesday, I mean, I apologize for putting you through me trying to make it through radio. Uh, my voice um, would, would hold up at varying degrees. Uh, but um, taking the day off yesterday to recuperate a little bit, get a little bit better. And I'm not 100% back, but at least good enough to be back in the studio and back in the building. So thank you, Jason, holding down the fort while I was away yesterday, having to fly solo for two hours. But yeah, it was uh, all right. You got through it. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. And then there was some news that kind of came out during the show, so we got talking on that. So there's plenty to talk about. Textures is always coming through with their input. So had a lot of fun. That always helps. Yes, full court press text line. You guys are awesome. Interacting with uh, the audience always makes it a lot more fun uh, and uh, a lot more engaging. So if you want to text in a question or a comment uh, or challenge us on a comment that we make, 435-339-0321 to chime in. Now, a couple different things going on with um, Mountain West basketball. We had one game last night. Uh, went into overtime, pretty exciting game. Nothing on the docket tonight, but then we do have some more games coming up on Friday and a busy schedule on Saturday. But um, last night in the Mountain West Conference, it was Colorado State who held a lead for uh, a good chunk of the game, but San Diego State came back in the second half, got it to overtime. Well, they took the lead, and then Colorado State got it back uh, to send it into OT, and then uh, the Aztecs just took control in, in the extra period, and they ended up winning 82-76. to 76. But Colorado State putting the Aztecs on the ropes a bit. and But uh, it's still, in the end, San Diego State remains the lone undefeated team in conference play, picking up that uh, road win at Colorado State last night. So big game is, for them. Is San Diego State undefeated in conference play? I thought they'd lost one for some reason. Um, just double checking the standings here. I'm pretty sure that San Diego State was the only team. No, you're right. San Diego State did lose a game, uh, so everybody has lost at least one. You're right. Next, I was, I was talking about the standings yesterday. I know that San Diego State could they could tie Boise State at five and one at the top. So Boise State, San Diego State, uh, tied for first place. Um, That's right. They lost to uh, New Mexico. Yeah. But, yeah, talking about uh, Colorado State, they've been a thorn in the side of a couple of teams now, uh, back-to-back going toe-to-toe with UNLV, beating UNLV um, on the road, and then holding their own against San Diego State, obviously, you know, two of the tougher teams in the conference. You know, the Rebels have kind of gone through it a bit the last, uh, you know, six, eight, or six or eight games or so. 
think they've lost six of their last eight. But still, a good team there. And so you're seeing a little bit of what Colorado State probably should have been this year. Uh, injuries and maybe a bit of underperforming have really limited them, so they're only 10-10 and 10 on the year. But with these last two games where they beat UNLV on the road and dang near beat San Diego State, that's kind of a little bit of what we were expecting of Colorado State before this, you know, in the in all the preseason talk. Things just haven't panned out. But it kind of goes to show that Colorado State could be a threat in the uh, the conference uh, tournament. Where if they get hot, they can clearly go toe to toe with anybody. So they're they're a team well, that could sneak into the into the uh, conference tournament finals if they get hot. Well, and it just further illustrates just how difficult it is to play anybody in this league wherever you play them, uh, at home or on the road. Um, and uh, Utah State has to take that into account when they have San Jose State coming to town this weekend. You, know, you, can't, you can't overlook anybody. Now, you know, San Jose actually is playing some pretty decent basketball. A new coach there. Um, I, I'm a fan of his. I liked what he did at Colorado State. Uh, he went on to uh, Nebraska, tried to turn some things around there, make them a basketball school, but... They're not a basketball school. Well, they're not a football school either. So. Well, that's true. I don't know what they are. But uh, now he's at San Jose and and uh, you know making them pretty respectable. So they're three and three overall in conference, twelve and seven, uh, three and three in conference play, twelve and seven overall. But they'll be coming to town for an afternoon matinee, a uh, four o'clock tip off in in Logan. So, but yeah, just what happened last night just illustrates how tough it is to win in this league. And um, you know, at any given night, it can be at any different any different location. It can be tough. So, you know, Utah State had a nice win, kind of get things back on track against UNLV on uh, on Tuesday. Didn't didn't make it easy for themselves. You know, the Rebels posed some good challenges, but uh, in the end, Utah State made some clutch uh, baskets down the stretch to secure the win, and that was a big win for USU. They much needed win. To kind of get back on track after you know another you know, blowout performance on the road, and so this game coming up this weekend, opportunity to get another one in the win column and get a little bit more of momentum before they have to go uh, on the road again, and which a big road test for them next week will be down at San Diego State. Yeah, they got San Diego State and Fresno State all in the in the one week. They won't even be coming back to Logan between those two games. They're just going to stay in California and just play those two games right in a row and obviously the Aztecs going to be the the headliner of that road trip but we saw Utah State struggle a little bit not a ton but at least a little bit against Fresno State where the Bulldogs they're you know slowing down of the game like deliberate you know slow it down score as few points as possible for both teams that caused the uh, Aggies a little bit of trouble again not too much in the end but still now you go on the road to face that same thing that can be you know, a bit of a challenge, especially coming off of a San Diego State game where you think, okay, now we're playing the not-as-good team, but the Aggies aren't careful. They can go 0-2 on this road trip and then be 1-4 in, in road Mountain West games <laughs> if they're uh, not careful and not uh, being vigilant and being disciplined for the entire road trip. Yes. Yeah, so um, that was the only game last night in conference play. It was just a... You know, one game only, and uh, nobody's playing tonight. It's kind of a quiet night in the Mountain West. Um, but um, you know, looking at 
Um, now there's one game on the schedule tomorrow. As we said, that game is going to be Boise State at New Mexico. 9 o'clock on FS1. That should be a pretty interesting ball game to watch. New Mexico currently favored by 2.5. But the way Boise is playing right now, I'd be inclined to say the, the, the Broncos could cover. I mean, they're playing really, really sharp, uh, dominating basketball right now. Yeah, this is where Boise, you know, you try and get this kind of momentum for a reason because they can win you games that maybe you shouldn't in some cases, you know, winning tough matchups. But, yeah, the way they're playing, the way they're just wasting all the different teams in the Mountain West, <laughs> you never know. This, I think Coach Odom, I think, uh, it was actually before the Nevada game, I think, you know, it's kind of on the topic of when Utah State went down and just absolutely blew out Nevada last year in Nevada. And the talk was, you know, sometimes it's just about meeting teams at the right at the right moment. The Aggies caught Nevada at the right moment the previous time. Maybe Nevada caught Utah State at the right time. Boise State, for them, they're playing right, so it's the right time for them to face pretty much anybody. Right. So, because they, they have tons of confidence. They're, they're playing really great defense, really great offense. So... Maybe on paper this is one that New Mexico should win. But, yeah, the the way Boise State's playing, just this is the human element of sports where it's hard to predict. Yeah, and, you know, this is uh, – that Boise team is, is dominating their opponents right now at home or on the road. Now, New Mexico just got a big win uh, recently, as, as I had forgotten. <laughs> but they, they beat San Diego State at their house. That's not easy to do, but Boise State right now 19th in the net, in the net rankings. Um, San Diego State is 30th, New Mexico 31st, Nevada 33rd, Utah State 34th. So a bunch of Mountain West schools just clumped right together, um, and um, it, it still bodes well for the overall conference. UNLV at 76, so not too far behind, but certainly they're on the outside right now. But um, – it just speaks to the, the real strength and quality of opponents right now in the Mountain West. Yeah, and this is, you know, we've been talking about this for weeks now. Like, all right, who's potentially a team that drops out of the kind of running for being in the tournament? UNLV seems to be that team. Like, when, when all these guys, when they were playing really well, you had three undefeated teams at one point, and then San Diego State was still really good. And it's like, all right, who's going to end up kind of falling out when they all clash together? And UNLV seems to be that, but you still have four teams inside the top 35 all comfortably in at-large tournament bid territory. So, again, my more pessimistic three to four teams seems to be not as accurate. You're looking at maybe five teams if the committee is going to take, you know, the NET as their, like, biggest factor. Now, if they go to other factors, you know, Ken Palm, ESPN's, BPI, and a bunch of different others, those places aren't nearly as optimistic on the Mountain West. I think ESPN's, BPI has like one Mountain West team in the top 60. I think it's San Diego State. Oh, wow, just one. Yeah, so at least last time I checked it was like a week or so ago. But they've, for the last little while, like while earlier this year when you know, Utah State and all these others were in the top 20, top 30, they would be in the 60s and 70s in ESPN's rankings. So, if the committee is taking into account other rankings and things like that and also going off more traditional 
you know, good wins, bad losses, you know, whatnot. The Mountain West will probably struggle under those criteria, but if the NET is like their primary, this is what we're looking at, it bodes well for the Mountain West. Yeah, it really does, and um, it, it's it's a good year for the Mountain West. Uh, but what would be better for the Mountain West is to get some you know, teams have flirted with the top 25. They've been in and out. They haven't been able to consistently keep somebody there. And um, look at the latest standings. Is somebody close? I know there's several team or several schools that are getting votes. Um, just look, pulling it up right now. Nevada had gotten votes in like last week's poll. New Mexico. I don't know what this San Diego poll is. State, Boise State. Those are the three schools that are getting votes now. Uh, San Diego State dropped from the rankings because they lost to New Mexico. Um, Nevada's getting some votes in the coaches' poll. But, um, yeah, New Mexico, San Diego State, and and Boise State, um, all three of those are getting votes, but they're, they're really not that close to being ranked. But... Um, but they're getting votes. They're getting some consideration. So four getting votes in the uh, in the coaches, three getting votes in the AP. For a second, I was looking at the football poll, and I was like, why is Air Force getting votes? <laughs> It'd help <laughs> if I looked at the right sport. But yeah, I think Nevada dropped from these because they had been receiving votes when they played Utah State, I think that week's poll. But then Nevada got their cans kicked by Boise State, and so they've they've since dropped, I think. So... Yeah, there's there's some that are flirting with it. New Mexico's obviously the closest. They had been 21. San Diego State held steady in the rankings for a while, then a few losses dropped them out. So right now, the the two best candidates are going to be New Mexico and San Diego State. Boise State isn't getting the recognition it probably deserves for how well it's playing. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that Boise isn't getting more votes than they are. Yeah, they have six points, so they're nominally, I don't know, probably some in the late 30s or 40s. I could count where they're actually at, but I'm not going to try. <laughs> That's too much counting on live radio, and that's usually a bad recipe. So, yeah, there's a few that can get into the top 25, but the thing is I don't know if anybody in the Mountain West is going to get into the top 25 and stay there. Yeah. There's these teams that are just all too close to each other and too capable of winning, you know, at home. Like, every single home venue for like every single one of these teams is good. You know, Boise State, San Diego State, New Mexico, Utah State, UNLV, all these different places. It's so hard to win on the road. And so these teams are going to keep beating each other up. And so a team will, like New Mexico or San Diego State, they'll jump into the top 25 probably one or two more times. But will they actually stay there? I don't think so. Yeah, that's what will be a, a real challenge. And, and it would be great if you could get two teams in the top 25. But I think you're right. I mean, it's kind of a round robin. Everybody's taking turns beating each other and uh, preventing uh, – it's kind of like the um, – uh, what is it? The the lobsters in the pot. Anytime yeah, one tries to crawl out, in the bucket. pull them down. The others pull them down. So I, I don't think that um, you know anybody's going to be able to escape that and and consistently stay in that realm. Nine three one five on our full court press text line. Texting in. I don't think any of the Mountain West teams are safe from a loss on the road. Yeah, it's it's tough to win in this league this year, and it's good. It's good to see this uh, the Mountain West. Have good, solid home venues once again. Uh, it's known for some really tough home environments, and it's good to have it have that back. 
because it's been a little bit soft over the last few years. It's been a little bit lacking for some of these venues that have traditionally been good, but their teams have been down. So it's good to have Nevada back. It's good to have New Mexico back. Um, and uh, Boise continued to build, and San Diego State is always tough. USU's fan base has been coming back the last several years. So it's a, it's a great league, and it's tough to win on the road, as Utah State has certainly found out the hard way. Yeah, the, the league has really rebounded after a rough probably a couple of years. I know San Diego State's been pretty strong. I don't know if they've really had a real down year. I could probably check, but they've been pretty consistent. But a lot of the rest of the league struggled. Utah State struggled for a few years, so they're kind of mediocre. Boise State was struggling for a little bit. Now they've you know revived. New Mexico, Nevada had a couple of years under Musselman. <clears throat> then dropped down a little bit, but then they're back. New Mexico, kind of same thing. They were struggling. Never really a bad team, but not nearly as you know good as their you know proud tradition would would want. Right. But now they're back. So we're seeing you know this is a Mountain West team that would get like I think New Mexico had like a three seed one year. We we've seen top seeds from the Mountain West, and they weren't getting that for several years, and they weren't having these elite teams. And this year they're probably lacking the elite elite team. But they have a bunch of good teams, better than they're used to having. So it's not every year you would see this team capable of putting five teams in the top forty of the net. No. Uh, so a lot more things we want to get through here today on the full court press. Certainly, we continue to talk about Mountain West and uh, Utah State. Um, their their game on Tuesday. Um, I know Jason, you you and and the text line, you, uh, our audience, you talked about that a lot yesterday, but. Any other carryover from that you want to sh- uh, still share, we'll feel free to take that. Uh, Utah Jazz with a, a nice win last night over the Clippers, kind of where they're moving up in the standings. And speaking of the Jazz, um, you know the, the trade market is, is starting to heat up. Uh, well, at least the rumor market is, the rumor mill, about t- potential trades. And uh, you could, could the Utah Jazz be involved with, with uh, some future trades here throughout the NBA? And... Um, and more on that. We also have pick six that we'll get into a little bit later on and uh, try to predict the things we think will happen this weekend. And uh, high school sports. We've got some high school basketball going on tonight. We'll let you know who's playing where. And a reminder about our girls' basketball game of the week. Well, that'll be taking place tomorrow night. And we'll run through the schedule of games that we plan to highlight and the teams uh, and uh, that schedule coming up a little later on here on the Full Court Press. Stay tuned. Coming up next on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Crystal Vision would like to thank their clients for their best year yet. They're grateful for your business and trust. It's a new year, so time for a new look. Crystal Vision, the gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, has a frame style you'll love that will set you apart from others. Take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Let this be the year your glasses feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Do you own an RV or motorhome? If so, you know how hard it is to get it serviced locally. Not anymore. Bull Moose RV is in their new massive location at 1850 North, 600 West in North Logan. That means they have tons of space indoors to work on your RV or motorhome. Plus, they have more room for RV inventory for you do-it-yourselfers. Bull Moose RV, recently expanded to serve you better. Bull Moose RV at 1850 North, 600 West in North Logan. Online at bullmooserv.com. 
Spend less time at the post office. With Formax and Mint mailing systems from Les Olson IT, you can quickly, accurately, and easily process your outgoing mail and even save on postage. Fold your documents, stuff and seal your envelopes, print addresses, weigh and measure to apply proper postage, all with the click of a button. With multiple model options available, you're sure to find a Formax solution and Mint mailing device that perfectly fits your business needs. Les Olson IT. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. It's never too late or too cold to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain to climb. This is Brett Green, President of Cash Valley Bank. To conquer this mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here in the Full Court Press. Uh, taking your uh, text as well. We'd love to hear from you. 435-339-0321 to chime in on the Full Court Press. Uh, by the way, there was an NBA game that's already gone final today. Uh, it was the NBA in Paris. Chicago Bulls and Detroit Pistons. Basketball in Paris. <laughs> oh, that's, that's how it should be said. My apologies to all the French people for that. <laughs> uh, it was the Bulls dominating. Uh, looked like it was uh, a pretty competitive um, first half, uh, and then the Bulls just continued to pull away. Just kind of like gradually building a lead. Like they won every quarter, and then just like slowly more and more, <laughs> more and more. more. <laughs> yeah, one twenty-six to one hundred eight. Um, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich, former Jazz man, he put up twenty-five points, five boards, three assists. Nice performance for Bogey. So I'm not sure why they even traded for him, like Detroit, because he's a good player, but it's like 30-something. I mean, maybe just for the veteran presence to pair with all of their many young players. Of course, Cade Cunningham's out for the year, so Detroit's already kind of throwing the season away because they don't get development for their former number one overall pick. Yeah. Other former Jazz man, Alec Burks. On Detroit, six points, three assists. 
Yeah, not the greatest game for him efficiency-wise, but he's been playing good. He's another one of those, I, I really loved Alec Burks, man. But it seems that he was, you just kind of end up being destined for the journeyman role, because now he's on his, like, eighth team, it feels like. Yeah, he's bounced around a little bit since leaving the Jazz. It's not like one of the players I saw. There was one guy I saw who I realized had been on, I think, how many teams did he been on? Uh, yeah, one guy who played for 11 teams. Oh, my gosh. This is Garrett Temple, the ultimate journeyman. Though the ultimate, ultimate journeyman is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I know that's not basketball. But, yeah, in the NFL, where he not only, like, went to a bajillion teams, but he, like, went and started for all of them. Yeah, he played, like, significant snaps for a lot of teams. So he's – yeah, there's there's a whole, like, documentary you could probably do on Ryan Fitzpatrick's life, just how utterly unique it is. Because there's journeymen all over the place. And there's guys like uh, Josh McCown – who played for, I think he played for more teams than Fitzpatrick did, or was pretty close, like double digits. But he, like, didn't throw a pass for half of them. But anyway, yeah. enough about journey. <laughs> <laughs> Being on the roster versus actually playing, yeah, a different story. He, yeah, he'd probably usually throw, like, maybe one or two passes. But, again, it was, it was backup. He was there as, he was the good backup. So are there more games that are going to be played in Paris, or was this just a one-off, do you know? I do not know. I'm trying to see uh, what I can find on that. Um, I mean, I, I know that the Victor Wembanyama, he was there. He he was sitting courtside, got a lot of attention. Uh, he's uh, you know the this highly regarded uh, player that from France that's going to be probably the first overall pick. Um. So I think there's uh, there was a game in Mexico City. That was uh, that was back in December. They played in the Alamo Dome. That's in the United States. Oh yeah, they set like a record for an NBA attendance. It was like sixty four thousand people. Yeah, something that was like yeah, you play in a football stadium, and about thirty thousand of those people probably couldn't see the game. Yeah, it's a terrible venue. It's there's a reason that basketball arenas typically only seat at most like 25,000 and usually not even NBA arenas sometimes won't even go over 20,000 people. Yeah. Cause when you get into the nosebleeds, nosebleeds of those stadiums, it gets, it gets hard to see. Yes. But, uh, yeah, but apparently I, they had, um, you know, there were uh, a couple of days seeing some touristy stuff. Like they saw the Eiffel tower, um, there was a private show for the Pistons at the Paris Opera House, apparently. Wow. Why didn't they have the Timberwolves go to this game? <laughs> yeah, like, there's like one, one player, only one French player on either roster, Killian Hayes. Oh, oh, Killian Hayes was French. Oh, I forgot that. He scored four points on two of 13 shooting. I was looking at both the rosters and see if there's anybody French. I didn't see anybody. Didn't, and I completely forgot that Hayes, was, <laughs> that Hayes is French. <laughs> oh. He's kind of a bust. He was like a top five pick one year, and he's just kind of a fringe rotation guy now. Mm. I guess the teams uh, did some clinics, and they did some stuff in the community. You saw some tourist things and trying to grow the game. Um, I think it's doing just fine in France, to be honest. You're, you're about to have the most exciting prospect ever 
come out of France. Like, I guess other than LeBron James, man, I wasn't really following basketball when he came out. But still, like, there has been more hype around Victor, more than there was for Zion or any other prospect. Like, when was the last time there was this much hype? They are, they are broadcasting all of his team's games over here in America. Like an international prospect, his games like they don't even broadcast all of the college games. You know, the, a potential number one pick will be playing. Scoot Henderson's games aren't being broadcast. No, he's in the G League. Yeah. Uh, interesting on this game, the, a lot of celebrities turned out for it. I guess I'm just reading the list here. And, and American going, celebrities or uh, yeah, international. Uh, former NBA players, Magic Johnson, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Tony Parker. Why was Magic Johnson there? I don't know. Tony Parker makes sense. Yeah, Tony Parker makes sense. Uh, one of the other ones. Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace. Of course, they're Detroit Pistons. Yeah, those are former Pistons alum. guys. I get that. So, so those guys would be there. But here's the, here's, the quote, here's the quote that just has me scratching my head. And this is from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Quote, I don't want to quite compare this to All-Star, but it's the closest thing to a European All-Star game that we have. Close quote. <laughs> you have the Chicago Bulls, who are in the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference, playing the Detroit Pistons, who have the second worst record in the NBA. And I, this is the closest thing we have to a European All-Star game? Is there an all-star between either of these teams? Ah, uh, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. I mean, those guys have been. They're, they're like former all-stars. Who are the, uh, let's see, we just had the, the next run of voting comeback. So let me look at it and see if there's anybody from either team just anywhere. Um, new. And, oh, DeMar DeRozan is sixth among guards. So, okay. And DeRozan will probably get in for, you know, a bit of a legacy pick there from media coaches. Be on the reserve and, list. Yeah. Obviously not starting, but, yeah, he'll, he'll probably be on the team. So, I guess you got one all-star. Uh, Yeah, that's just. Come on, Adam Silver. The that, closest thing to a European all-star game that we can have. If Come that's the clo- if that's the closest you can get, shut the NBA down. <laughs> I mean, that's like oh. that's the thing. Like it's like what they kept doing with London, where they just kept sending the Jaguars over to London, where it's like here have like the worst team in the league, and go play somebody else. This is the best we can offer you. It's like, and I guess you know maybe the British probably don't understand enough about the NFL to really appreciate. Or know that they're sending the worst team in the league over, at least the worst <laughs> franchise. But the French, they, they they know their basketball, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of them at least follow the NBA, at least know about it. It's like realize, oh yeah, yeah they've got just... a number of really solid players in the NBA right now. Yeah, like these these guys know their basketball. They're they're no scrubs. And it's like, oh oh yeah, you you, you sent us the the Bulls and the Pistons, and like preseason, we could have told you. This is a mediocre matchup. Like maybe we would have thought the Bulls would have been better. They were supposed to be better than they are this year. But then why would you stack, you know, have a good team against a bad team? Why not match up the Bulls and maybe the or the Timberwolves? Again, like Timberwolves and maybe the Pistons because they have Killian Hayes on the team. 
I get maybe picking two teams that have a French guy, but yeah, they they missed out on the one team that had the really good French player. <laughs> like the best French player since Tony Parker. Like, I know. Like I get it, like you're trying to grow the game. I just don't know how you select those teams. And like that if you know you're going to a, sp- a specific country, you you think you try to find a player or two. If you can't find like the player that represents that country, I mean there's a couple other guys in the league from France who are pretty impact players. But I mean be like if uh who does Christian Pulisic play for? Does he play for Chelsea Chelsea right now? Like whatever European team he plays for, like if they came over and played an exhibition, you know, friendly against like an MLS team and they didn't put Pulisic in the game, like that's kind of what this is like. You're coming over here. This big opportunity to show off, you know, this home country's, you know, best player, and you're just like, ah, nah. <laughs> uh, uh, four seven eight one texting in. Um, see, could you imagine the starting five of Lowry, Kessler, Clarkson, Wembyana, and Connolly next year? That'd be dope. That would be really interesting. And he says, yes, Pulisic plays for Chelsea. Yeah, that's what I thought. He had played for Dortmund. And I came up if there was somebody in between when he then went to Chelsea. Or Chelsea. I don't know how to say it. I think I've heard it both ways, but I'm pretty sure it's Chelsea. Not not huge on <laughs> European <laughs> soccer. Well, I, I like it, but I don't follow it close enough to know the ins and outs. Uh, I just close enough. It's the closest thing to a European all-star game that we have. That just blows my mind. Come on now. Uh, one thing that is kind of interesting here, though, uh, this is kind of the stat that blew my mind here, but according to ESPN, their article from the uh, report on the on the game today, um, the comparison from when the Chicago Bulls last played a game in France, they played in Paris, this was Michael Jordan, in preseason 1997. At that time, one out of every 14 NBA players was born outside the United States. Today, it's one, about one in four. So the global game has definitely uh, expanded. Yeah, it really has. And just one of the things that really, that really, you know, brought that home to me, you hit home for me when I realized that because I was looking at previous, I think I was comparing a couple of different seasons for the Jazz, and I went back to a year and on Basketball Reference, they have the list of the roster, and then it has, like, a little flag for their nationality. And I'd go back, and, like, every single person, American flags. And then I compared it, and I think the year was, like, 2018, 19, or, like, you know, somewhere around there. And there's, like, a handful of American flags. Just so many different, you know, countries that people are from, because, you know, in those years you had Buen Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert, you know, just felt like somebody from, you know, Joe Ingles Joe was on that Ingles, team, too. Yeah. Just so many different countries that people had come from. And it was like the international players are starting to feel like they're outnumbering the Americans, which it really does show how global a game basketball is. Like basketball pretty much at this point is basically second only to soccer in terms of how international it is, how everybody plays this sport. You know, the NFL, they can't say that. Like every, like it's a novelty if you have somebody who wasn't, yeah, <laughs> that wasn't born in America. It's like, oh, he's Canadian and he plays football. It's like, wow. 
Yeah, I mean, baseball has that to a degree, but it's mostly uh, it's still confined to certain pockets. It's, uh, it's, still most, it's still mostly the Americas. Right. You throw okay. the S on there, and that's basically where a lot of your... North America, Central America. Then you have some Asian influence, you know, Korea, Japan. Yeah. Japan's obviously, you know, yeah, that, that East Asian, pretty dang good at baseball themselves. Yeah. But, yeah. but outside of those pockets of where the, the game is popular, you know, it, you're not getting Major League Baseball prospects from Africa, from Brazil, from, you know... A lot of Europe, I don't think there's very many of them either. No, no. So it's like outside of, you know, parts of the Americas and East Asia, like, it's pretty limited there. So it's sort of international. But, yeah, basketball and soccer are two of the most global sports in the world. Period. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Still love to hear from you on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Let me ask you this as we go to break, and you can ponder this and text in. Uh, Adam Silver said that was the closest thing to a uh, European All-Star game as we could have, and that's clearly a joke. But if you were to put two teams in Europe, uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily in France, but if you were to send two teams to Europe to represent European All-Stars, which two teams would go? Which two teams would you send to Europe to represent uh, to truly say this is the closest thing we have to a European All-Star game. 435-339-0321. Uh, we'll talk about the Utah Jazz. They had a nice win last night. Lowry Markkinen came back and made his presence known in a big way. Uh, but uh, what about other are there current Jazz players who won't be Jazz players before the trade deadline comes and goes? There's several different options out there. There's rumors circulating, and uh, we'll play the trade game coming up on the Full Court Press. The Cash Valley Media Group Home and Garden Show presented by Anderson Seed and Garden is March 24th and 25th. As a business owner, you can visit with, invite, and explain to thousands of potential customers how your business can help. How else are you going to come in contact with several thousand people in only two days? The Cash Valley Media Group Home and Garden Show at the Eccles Ice Center. Google Cash Valley Home and Garden Show for details or call 752-1390 for more. All COVID precautions will be taken. It's the annual Boatload of Gloves clearance sale at Al Sporting Goods. Thousands of name brand gloves from Burton, DeKine, Scott, and Gordini, 50% off. That's right, 50% off. Closeouts, clearouts, discontinued models, salesman samples, thousands of gloves, and they've all got to go. Save 30% on winter boots from the North Face, Columbia, Sorel, Kamek, and more. Ski goggles starting at 14 bucks. Winter jackets from the North Face, Columbia, and Boulder gear. You save 30%. It's the annual Boatload of Gloves sale going on now at Al Sporting Goods. Every sport, every season. Cycles and Sleds in Hyde Park is your one-stop shop for your snowmobile needs. Whether you need repairs or want to upgrade your ride, they've got you covered. Their team of experienced technicians can fix your ride and get you back on the trail in no time. Looking to enhance your snowmobile experience? Cycles and Sleds has a wide selection of the latest accessories to choose from. From performance parts to stylish gear, they have it all. Cycles and Sleds is the go-to choice for snowmobilers. Online at cyclesandsleds.com. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. 
If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press, Eric Franson, Jason Walker, and this uh, game that was played in Paris today between the Chicago Bulls and the Detroit Pistons had Adam Silver stating that uh, it was as close to a European All-Star game as we have. And I think that's just laughable. And I am the Lord President of France. <laughs> it's just... Ah... Uh. It doesn't make sense to me. It's the it's the PR speak, and it's yeah. it bugs me because you get these people speaking PRs like I get it when coaches do the little things in PR speak. For instance, Ryan Odom will begin literally every single one of his media availability preview interviews with, "Oh, we're excited to such and such and such," <laughs> especially every home game. We're excited to play here in the Spectrum, and and so there's little things, that, and I made fun of. Uh, I've made fun of Craig Smith for always saying, you know, the other team's well coached, and you know, th- those are things. Whatever, that happens, and a lot of times they're true. They usually are excited to be home in the spectrum. <laughs> Why wouldn't they be? Of course. But it's this kind of PR speak where it's like you are lying through your teeth, and it's just unnecessary. Like you can just say other things. Don't hype something up that it is clearly not, because then you're just insulting everyone's intelligence. They see through it. And are more bothered that you said that than they are happy that you you know tried to praise them. So if we wanted to truly have a matchup between two teams playing in Europe that would more closely resemble a, a European All-Star game, what would those two teams be? Now, uh, Chicago and Detroit, sure there's a fair number of international players on either team, but... Really, neither team is is led by an international superstar. Um, but you know, who, so if you could manufacture, and uh, it's up to the NBA to decide who they send to these games, you'd think they would have a little more judicious, uh, you know, decision making on who they would send instead of sending one of the worst teams in the NBA and a team that's a middling, uh, you know, team trying to make the playoffs. So two teams that would represent, you know, better uh, better represent European All Stars. So Jason, who would your two teams be if you were the uh, the commissioner Adam Silver 
and you could choose which two teams to send to Paris, France to represent the international game, who would you send? Well, if I was a commissioner, there'd be a lot of other things I'd be addressing before I discussed international games. But, you know, I thought of maybe just, okay, maybe pick the best two teams from each conference, but I figure you know, that is certainly something you could have tried to do and just, like, try and predict, okay, who's going to be the best. Before the season, you probably would have said, oh, maybe the the Nuggets may have been up there. Celtics and Bucks probably would have been easy choices from the East. But I decided to try and focus in on All-Star. Like, who are some of the most well-known players in the NBA the last few years? And so I ended up landing on the Golden State Warriors as one of those teams. Not so much because of what they're doing this year, but because they do have stars on the team that have been around for a while, that have been very well-known. They've won a bunch of championships. You know, it's it's one of the dynasties. And, and they're, they're the reigning NBA champions, too. So send them over there. Sure, they're not doing good right now, but I think it would have been a really good pick there. So, so you'd focus on the star power of the of the team or then the players rather than the international flavor of the team. Yeah, that's something probably could have done. I thought maybe we could have picked the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I'm going to go against that advice because I'm going to say the game will take place in somewhere other than France. So I wouldn't pick the Timberwolves for that reason. We're going to send this team to London, and we're going to have the Warriors play the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. Partly because they're the third team in the East. they got Joel Embiid. James Harden's another star who's been around. And I also want to give them a little slight reminder of that one time in 1776 that we kind of kicked their butts. So <laughs> just remind them by sending that one team named after that particular year <laughs> that also has some stars to so got a good excuse. Uh, so, that would be good. Okay. Yeah. Warriors Warriors and 76ers in London. Okay, so I, I see where you're doing. I, I mean, that would uh, definitely some star power that would gain a lot of attention to, to get a lot of excitement for the game. Mind you, there's only like a 30% chance that all the stars actually play in the game. Maybe less. Because <laughs> Harden, Embiid, Curry, Thompson, like they're all like always injured. Or they'll just randomly be like, all right, we're taking none of our stars in this trip. And I, I'd, I, then I'd find this, them like a million dollars. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, Adam Silver in the NBA would say, this is not one of those games where you do load management. It's like, <laughs> you will bring your stars. I don't care if you have his torn ACL. He will play he in will this play, game. Even if it's just for an appearance. Uh, for me, I, so I, I went a little bit different approach. I went for, you know, which teams have more international players? And uh, the Dallas Mavericks have seven international players on their squad. Uh, the, uh, the Kings also have seven international players on theirs. And certainly Luka Doncic, he's a star. Um, he's a big-time star. And I think the Kings are a growing team as well. And one of their stars is also European, uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, um, great name recognition, uh, at least in Eastern Europe, maybe not so much in Western Europe. But uh, So play off of the international flavor of uh, the, who's on those rosters. Maybe they're not the sheer star power uh, that, um, that, that you were proposing, but play off of the international flavor of the, the roster makeup of those teams. Yes, that's you'd have multiple games. Like you'd have one where they you show off some of the the NBA stars, even if they're American stars. Of course, Embiid's you know he's he's an international player. But yeah, you can you have both play multiple games in Europe, and yeah, if you have Sabonis on there, maybe play it in an Eastern European country, I don't know Germany or something like that. There's a lot you could do with this. And the NBA could have done that, and instead they had the Bulls and the Pistons play <laughs> in the All Star game. Yeah. 
Or, or my alternative would have been the uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, the last couple of All Stars from the NBA, uh, or excuse me, uh, MVPs, were international players in Giannis and uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, and to put them on an international stage. Certainly, you you could certainly do that. You know, Nuggets against the Kings. Maybe you have two great international bigs. Have them go against each other, and similar styles too. Yes. Of course, Sabonis' uh, father was kind of the original, like, point center. Yes, he was. Passed that on to Sabonis and uh, his, his son, Sabonis, and then Jokic obviously just going god-tier <laughs> point center at this point. Uh, 4781 texting in. I think the best thing is when we have London games for NFL and we make those suckers sit through a song that is about us beating them in a war with our pitchforks. Do they play the national anthem at London games? <laughs> they probably do. That is that is that's I awesome. Almost pay money to watch that. <laughs> Just that <laughs> moment of the NFL game. <laughs> Have them play the national, the American national anthem. Where it's uh, like, oh yeah, we kicked your bus. Except that. So the thing is, that song, though, actually, the national anthem, is about a battle the Americans lost. I think, or well, well, that was written. Um, I guess it was it War was, of eighteen twelve, wasn't it? Yeah, it was War of eighteen twelve. I guess. Well, I guess I don't know if you touched the. United States lost that battle, but the White House got burned down in that yeah, battle. That and was, I, guess, I guess the flag was still around, so I guess they didn't technically lose, and nobody really lost the war, but no, they, they burned down the White House. <laughs> yeah, America got its butt kicked more in the War of 1812 than it did in the Independence. Yeah. Uh, but still, they came out on top. Uh, 9315 texting in, I would send Sacktown and Memphis Hustle from the G League Anything would be better than who they sent. The G League is more comparable to their market with basketball. I think the Euro League is better than the G League. What the G League will typically have is it'll have players that are closer to being in the NBA, whereas Euro League players are usually not the kind that will end up in the NBA, but they're still very good players. So, I don't know. NBA takes players from Euro League. Usually, they get but young prospects young, from Euro League. Yeah, they're young. But the the teams at this point, they're usually full of you know twenty five, twenty six, you know, all the way up into the thirties. Guys who were probably never going to be in the NBA, but they're really good basketball players and have a really good brand of basketball. They're just not NBA caliber athletes. That's usually where they're falling short. Uh, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Uh, love to hear from you as well. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is locally owned and operated inside the beautiful new Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. Expect the most cutting-edge techniques, qualified doctors, and friendly staff to ensure the highest quality patient care. The ENT providers have extensive training to properly treat ear, nose, and throat conditions for adults and children. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat serves all of northern Utah and southern Idaho, accepting most insurance products, including SelectMed. Go to CashValleyENT.com for appointments and details. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, located in North Logan and Providence. Experience Sunday brunch at Prodigy Brewing on Center Street. Churro French Toast, beignets and berries, and everyone's favorite chili quiles. A delicious combination of eggs, house-made enchilada sauce, tortilla chips, avocado, and pico. Brunch has an all-new meaning of tasty when you visit Prodigy Brewing. Serve Sundays 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Prodigy's atmosphere is vibrant, energetic, and friendly. Whether it's with family or friends, Sunday brunch at Prodigy Brewing is a delicious experience. Prodigy Brewing, exceptional food, extraordinary service, and family-friendly on Center Street in downtown Logan. The Doug Gottlieb Show.
Is there a doctor here? Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about this weekend's game. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Just because you don't know what the future holds. If you're the Packers, you sit there and go, here we go again. And I will also be honest with you, he's answering a question of it being his last game at Lambeau Field. I don't know why Aaron does this. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 3 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. They say diamonds are a girl's best friend, particularly when she's thinking of marriage. When it comes to this important decision, visit S.E. Needham Jewelers in historic downtown Logan. We have been the part of thousands of happy engagements. You'll enjoy our vast selection of beautiful and unique engagement rings. You'll also enjoy our relaxed and elegant environment. You'll not be hurried and you'll feel no pressure as you have fun looking for the perfect ring. Where Utah gets engaged, S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Napa case lot sale is still going on. Get Lubrigard 15W40 synthetic blend, uh, Chevron Dello, Valvoline, uh, and Napa premium synthetic. All great deals on all of these. Plus, you can get a lot of cold weather items to help your vehicle operate in these uh, cold winter months. Go check it out. Five locally owned Napa Auto Parts stores between Preston and Providence. That's Napa Auto Parts. Uh, a couple texts that come through during the break. I want to get to those before we uh, wrap it up and send it off to uh, uh, Dan Patrick uh, with the segment Above the Noise. 5253 texting in. I think basketball is so big because there's not really a, any European equivalent. Many countries play rugby and cricket, so there's less need for football in American football or baseball-type game because anybody with the athletic aptitude for those games can just as easily excel at the competitive sports. Nobody with basketball aptitude is going to excel at hockey or settle in. I think it also helps a little bit because basketball is one of those that requires a bit more, I don't know how else nicely to say this, it requires more infrastructure and money. And so it's a little more of the first world countries, you know, America and Europe. That's where most of the prospects are coming from. Soccer can be a much more global game because it's a very simple sport. You need a ball and a field. And you can pretty much come up with anything to play a soccer game. And basketball, it's you need a little bit more. You need a hard surface, a hoop, and obviously the ball. That has to be kind of specific. It can't just be any ball. It has to be a pretty specific one. And so Europe, and I think a lot of the points that 5253 makes here also, they're certainly relevant too. Where, you know, they got cricket and rugby, so yeah, no football or baseball. What 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 do the tall people play? <laughs> they usually they'll start usually they'll start as like goalkeepers in soccer, and then they'll become basketball players. You know, Hakeem Olajuwon kind of started out his career that way, his athletic career. He was a goalie, then he wouldn't play basketball. But yeah, tall people in Europe have nothing else to do <laughs> than play basketball, and tall people in other countries, which a lot of other countries in the world aren't nearly as tall as you know Europe or America. They tend to be a lot shorter. Which is why Philippines, despite loving the game of basketball, they don't have as many players because 
they don't get as tall as athletic as Americans do, sadly. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, and, and American football is probably, you know, on the – you have soccer on one side and probably American football on the other as far as ease of uh, – you know, well, as you put it, infrastructure, be able to put it together. It's uh, There's a lot that goes into creating, a, you know, uh, football and uh, – how it all works to get the right number of people together and everything like that. So, um, anyway, more on that. We'll talk about the NBA, Utah State, high school hoops as well. It's all coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Whenever a coach begins his career, becoming a head coach is always the dream job. There are currently five head coaching vacancies in the NFL, but these jobs that are available might not be as attractive as many thought because within the past two weeks, we've seen two of the NFL's more popular head coaching candidates say no and return to their current teams. Jim Harbaugh, leading candidate for multiple jobs back at Michigan, and on Tuesday, the Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson made a similar decision. Keep in mind, Johnson was the betting favorite for two different head coaching positions. But after some thought, he's staying in Detroit. Every head coaching candidate is different, so it remains unclear what spooked these two candidates from committing to a team long-term. But when you start to think about how scarce NFL head coaching positions could be, the two coaches' hesitation could tell us a whole lot about the quality of the jobs that are currently available. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 